0: Beep! 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 Wakey wakey, golden blakey. Harper sang, as she ripped my shutters open to reveal a blazing ray of sunshine. If I was wide awake and outside, this would be breathtaking, but my eyes were barely open and unprepared. Hell, I was barely open and unprepared for the day ahead. My homework was done, but my studying needed a bit of tweaking. Not that I was lazy and impetuous, but the paper I wrote last night took up my whole night. Fucking Professor Cloak and his bullshit papers. It's like he takes pride in making me his lab rat. Nobody else had seven pages. Ugh, I'm so sick of always being the black sheep. I feel like I should have been dark-skinned instead of my strikingly, lightly-baked complexion. It's hard to find the right shade of foundation so I wear none. I can't even do my own makeup. So masking my natural face is out of the question. If I'm ugly to you excuse me please, I don't acquire the skills to change it. I don't think I'm ugly though, and neither do the people who gawk at me on a daily basis. I get this from my mother. Yes cliche but true nonetheless. See, both Coco and myself have strong keen facial features that soften in all the right places, as a woman's bone structure should. I think it gives us that womanly essence every makeup artist goes for, when they're making up faces and photoshopping pictures in your favorite magazines. Gita Blake is the natural woman. Aretha Franklin got one glimpse of my mother and penned a lifetime hit song. Haha ha, nah I'm just kidding. Don't tell her I told you that because I do not want to be sued behind my little joke. I'm simply paying homage to the masterpiece God crafted in the form of a woman I've always called mommy old african educated and beautiful straight off the boat from ethiopia giving these black women a run for their money gita was and will forever be the true definition on a black woman's strength morals, ethics and culture she coined our beautiful names based off our skin tones i know you should never focus too much on the color of your skin especially in today's society but not in our household black is beautiful and that's in all shades I guess her way of showing us that, was naming me Golden, for my golden complexion skin and my older sister Coco, who we love calling Coco. I don't have to go into detail on what she looks like, because I'm sure you already know. She has my mother's face and chocolatey brown skin. Smart and ambitious, just like our father, with so much to offer. I guess that's why she always kept a boyfriend. Ever since I could remember, Coco had the hottest, most popular boys in school. We were 5 years apart, but that still didn't mean I was too young to understand high school cliques. Some of those guys had younger siblings who went to school with me. Trust and believe, those kids lived to tell the tales of their charismatic older brothers. Compared to Coco, I felt out of place and unwanted. Not from my parents, well my mom at least. But in regard to men and friends, I never really had a large amount of either. Boys I had none but friends, I lacked the cool accepted ones. Michelle Quinn, my equally dorky best friend and Jennifer Lopez. Not to be mistaken for the lovely singer, but the foreign exchange student, with no English speaking skills, and a freshly printed green card. We did everything together because we were all each other had. Movies, slumber parties, homework, school dances, you name it, we tripled it. I didn't mind though, because they gave me some of the best memories. I didn't have time to think about dating when these two were with me although in the back of my mind i wondered who would want me seeing a couple kiss share a laugh or even dine together left me feeling empty no i'm not the type of woman who needs a man to fulfill her i just want to experience some type of love from the opposite sex other than my own daddy golden you're gonna be late harper yelled from behind the door of her room okay thanks mom I loved her for always looking out, but damn I was awake now. I know what time my first class started, I thought to myself, glancing down at my Michael Kors watch. Oh shit. It was a quarter to eight and I wasn't even dressed. I needed to be on my pensive shit and get the fuck out of my head. Clad in milk white, ripped boyfriend jeans, a black crop top and my favorite cashmere, over the knee-length cardigan. I know it was two days after Labor Day, but white looked great on me. It was my favorite color, besides gold, which I wore everywhere and day. Five piercings in each ear, filled with gold hoops and studs, four gold chains, two nameplates with my name golden and best friends forever, to signify the lifelong friendship between Michelle and Jen, herringbone chain and an 18 count gold necklace with a diamond heart in the center of it. An heirloom I received my freshman year in high school, when my grandma Emma was on her deathbed. Well technically, she wasn't as sick as she was sophomore year, but we knew she was on her way out. She knew it. That's why she passed down a lot of her stuff to me and Coco. Each finger had a ring and midi ring on it. Gold was my go-to accessory. Like I said, it looked great on me. Oh wait, I said that about white, but gold did too. I'm golden, remember? Just living my life like it's golden. You're Goldie, I'm out. Harper threw up her piece and was on her way. I followed suit, grabbing my wallet keys and an orange. I prayed to God the juice didn't squirt everywhere and ruin my clothes. I needed a level head for all of my lectures today. Ugh, I dreaded these couple of hours, but at least it was Friday. I didn't do Saturday classes or weekend brain work in the commons with the rest of the brainiacs. I just wanted to be in my bed, snuggled up, watching Netflix. I wasn't really a college party gal, but I did see my fair share, it just wasn't my thing. From clubbing, fraternity and sorority splashes and regular get-togethers, I preferred my bed. It was the best place to be when you weren't bedroom experienced. Ironic enough, I would rather lie in my bed than lie in someone else's bumping and grinding. Not too many guys talked to me, because of my stance on sex. There was none because I didn't have sex. Nope, never nada. Okay not never, because I had it once before, but it wasn't what I expected, and I never did it again. My first experience was with Morgan Lee, this Asian guy in my calculus class. He was a virgin and so was I. We both were curious, watched a couple of adult films together, and briefed ourselves, searching Google about the ins and outs. After garnering up enough courage, with the help of my father's hard liquor, we penetrated the uncharted and hated it. Well, I know I did. He was only able to pop my cherry and ejaculate inside of his condom. There were no fireworks, no kazazz, Not a damn thing I've seen in those movies, or on the big screen at our local theater. I didn't beg him to stop, while his neighbors listened on from the comfort of the insides of their homes. In fact, I don't even think the fly on the wall heard a peep. Morgan apologized numerous times, but it wasn't his fault. Sex just wasn't all it was choked up to be. I didn't blame him for any of it. I just knew that would be the first and last time. Hey, at least we were protected because with him coming so quick, I feared babies in our near future. At least we learned that much. Oh well. Morgan is a happily married sales consultant at a lucrative small town gym. All that smarts to help someone lose three measly pounds. To each his own. Me, I'm an indecisively single college student, trying to get my foot in the movie door. It's going quite well. I just need that oomph. Something magical that's sure to knock me off my feet. I need a man, or at least some attention that doesn't require sexual contact. A kiss maybe, but anything beyond that bores me. I'm so sure of it. Wait, let me get off this subject and focus on English. The language we all speak fluently, yet books scholars and professors tell us we're uneducated in the proper way to execute the distinct sound vocabulary and fluent that is English. Ah Blake, so nice of you to join us. And then there's this asshole, John Cloak. Five feet two rolled in fur, which he displays proudly, in plunge neckline button-down shirts with the sleeves cuffed. I've never known anyone in my entire life with that much hair on every inch of their body, but Cloak tops the cake. Well, his head is balding, so I guess what he lacks on the top of his head grows all over. Not to mention his overtly plump frame that he ignores and dresses, as if he's some type of rico suave. Even tighter jeans for an even fatter person. That's the first no-no in fashion. You're supposed to dress for your body type and size. Accentuate what you already have and play on your better features. Let it all hang out. Must be Cloak's motto. Speaking of Cloak. I don't know where his family even got this surname from, but it's his and he loves it. Cloak mugs, notebooks, family reunion shirts, and a desk tag with Cloak etched onto it. His actions screamed narcissist, but his words told us he cared about our future. That's what he said. Good morning, Professor Cloak. I swiftly made my way to my seat and pulled up my paper. I had a copy printed in my folder, along with the first printout I was going to turn in when asked. I made sure to use the heaviest paper I could for my color laser printer giving my paper the smoothest, most professional look of all the rest. If you wanted to give me the heaviest load, I used my sarcasm to critique every inch of seven pages on Winston Churchill's address to Parliament. Blood toil, tears and sweat, that's the amount of energy I exerted into everything Professor Cloak assigned me. Never the one to disappoint, I knew he'd be verbose in criticism, but it wouldn't be Cloak if not excessively grim. You smell like tangerines, a familiar student with a booger hanging from the brim of his left nostril, smiled at me. I wanted nothing more than to grab a tissue and hand it to him, but I thought, whatever. The smile on his face was far too wide to be mistaken as friendly. I knew his gesture well enough to keep any nice action minimal, careful not to trigger any flame in his loins, and deepen the like in his heart for me. There were two Matthews in my English 201 course. The all-American blue-eyed Abercrombie and Fitch, photogenic seemingly natural sculptured Peck's pretty boy. Matthew Murphy, lovingly known as M&M, by all the thirsty females on campus. Then there's the extremely nasally tall lanky skin and bones. Matthew Ward. It wasn't that he was hideous, after a haircut, losing his thick frames, and a full wardrobe upgrade. Nope, that wasn't it. It's his mannerisms that throw me off. He has an excessive habit of chewing all his erasers off his number two pencils. Like, this guy literally carries a 16 case of freshly unsharpened pencils and gnaws the tops off of them. I can't get jiggy with that shit man. It smells nice, he continued to waft the air surrounding the both of us. To say I was grossed out was an understatement, watching the misshaped pale green, crusted figure peek in and out of his nose. It had to be the size of a lima bean, which is why I wasn't understanding how he didn't feel a thing. I mean I get it, some things go unnoticed, but this was an exception. I could see his mouth moving, but my one-tracked mind was stuck on the booger. Matt was on mute and his hardened mucus was attempting to escape. I involuntarily nodded my head, ignoring the fact that he'd stopped talking, yet his heavy breathing fueled the booger in motion. It didn't stop until... Golden. I snapped my head around, but not in enough time to miss the boogie thrust from Matthew's nostril toward my sweater. Jumping up, I began frantically sweeping the exterior of my cardigan. I didn't care about those laughing or the fact that it I'd managed to embarrass, not only myself, but Matthew Ward too. It wasn't my intent, and I'll feel even worse later on. I just... Well, you don't want that shit on you either, so shush. Well, since you're already standing giving a show, Miss Blake, why don't you present Winston Churchill to the masses, he smirked, giving a devious wink, before taking his seat. Today was going to be a long day. I could already feel it by the look Cloak was giving me. He was going to pick me to pieces this class, but it was Friday and I didn't have a caring bone in my body. I had a date with my pillows and they always treated me well. I'm gonna go up to the podium, read off my freaking seven-page paper, and have a Coke and a smile for the rest of the day. Ugh. TGIF. Chapter 2. Hit the room girl so jaded. Could be X babe, I'm past faded. No 9 gotta watch mine, watch mine. Last call, you on my time, my time. You afraid to take it there with me, there with me? Don't wanna end up in the past to me, past to me. Girl I promise I won't forget you. Girl just lemme 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 fuck witchowoo. The sun dipped into the Hudson River, promising its return in the morning, taking the bright blue sky along for the ride, and leaving behind an array of fading yellowish-orange grooves and glistening stars. Cruising down the city, critiquing my latest song. Ironically whipping my latest machine, a matte black 2012 drop-top Lamborghini LP700 Roadster. Nothing too spectacular, in my eyes at least. Interlude 2 Fucking You was bumping through my speakers, yet I couldn't feel a thing it was missing something but i couldn't put my finger on it of course my record label coined it a hit the minute the speakers blared with my melodic voice i liked it but i wasn't in love with this one the production of the music my voice was sitting on was flawless why wouldn't it be i produced it round of applause nah that's what i'm used to nobody compliments my vocals better than me if i may say so myself Plus, when nobody wanted to give me a chance, Destin was all I had. Yes, my biological or government name is, Destin Rogers. I'm not going to give you my middle name, but I'll throw in a hint. I'm named after one of mine and my mother's all-time favorite slash best singer-songwriter and composer of all time. He has a substantial amount of unforgettable hits, that made the 80s and 90s what they are today, especially 1984 when it rained purple. I think that was his greatest year, Yup, you know who he is and now you know my full name. Just make sure you don't go telling the tabloids or tweeting this shit. Nobody knows much about me because I stay inconspicuous. All they can give you is a birthdate and place. My first and last name are a gamble. Either you know them, or you don't. Most people think my name is Destiny or some shit close to it. My surname isn't spoken to often, so I'm going to charge it to people not knowing what it is. Other than that, the whole world is at a standstill when it comes to the regal. No one knows much about my upbringing, my parents if my dad was present, and how many siblings I have. Damien and Dorian roll with me everywhere I go. They blend in with my entourage as one of the guys, but very few people knew that all three of us were brothers. Damien being the oldest, me coming in second, and our baby brother Dorian. That makes up all my siblings, that I know of and the only children my mother has. My father is a different distant story. He left when I was five going on six, and we've never heard from or seen him since. It bothered me then, because my mother was hurt by it, but she smiles brighter than before now. Her son is one of the biggest superstars out today, you'd be cheesing too. What I do know is that my father remarried and there's a possibility that he has children somewhere else. What he won't do is show face because I've tweeted and saying about not caring about where he is or what he's doing. I don't have anything nice to say about him, and seeing him again would lead me to knocking his selfish ass out. Fuck him though I'm rich now. Hello. I answered my phone, not really looking at the caller ID. Or oh, with ya today? Damien always called when I was doubting myself. It's like he knew when I needed to blow off some steam and lay off myself. It was hard being a perfectionist and being surrounded by a bunch of people who didn't quite understand the music you created. American pop culture wasn't used to what Drake called, the Toronto sound. Being from Montreal, I knew all about it. It wasn't just Toronto, but all of Canada. We had a whole different vibe going on up here. Of course, the weekend party next door, Drake and I, did our best to hip the world to it. There was still more to be taught. This movement was just beginning, and that made it difficult for guys like me when it came to listening parties and my critiquing car rides through Manhattan. Nah, me drive round to city air guan? Ha ha ha, still Jamaican moan. Just waiting for you to be back, ready to hit the night. Damien always spoke patwa when he called or answered the phone, as if he was trying to ensure I never forgot our roots. Nah, wasn't shit gonna make me forget where I came from. I may have been born in Montreal, but my mother and father were island-bred and raised. I don't know what made them come to Canada in the first place, but I'm glad they did. It gave me the know-how connections, and the atmosphere for what I do now. Our mother Dana, was a beautiful Trini woman. Every bit of love soaked up into her body, she poured on each of her sons. The one support system I'll always have in my corner. That woman knows nothing more than a smile, encouraging words, her warm embrace and a kiss. Oh yeah, her food. Who? You ain't ate until you sat under Dana Rogers' table. My mouth is watering now, just thinking about her jerk chicken, cabbage macaroni and monkey bread. Mashed plantains and yams wouldn't be too much of a stretch either. Daniel Rogers was a proud Jamaican man. When he was around, he made sure all his sons spoke patois. Shit, that's all we could communicate in our household. He wouldn't acknowledge you if you didn't speak as the Jamaicans did. I didn't mind it when he was around, but when he up and left, I questioned my mother on why she kept that shit up. Of course she never had a good reason but whatever my brothers and i got over him but never stopped being who we were when he decided we weren't good enough for him i'm on my way now y'all wanna hit 40 40? shit hell yeah i must have been on speaker because that came from dorian's loud ass mouth he was always ready to turn up i couldn't blame him though being that he was freshly 18 and his older brother was world famous that's the best thing that can happen to any teenager. Hell, I'd take advantage of the perks too. Cool. Me Megon! Me gone, I floored the gas, hanging up the phone. It was going to be another wild night for me and the guys. Nothing new, just anticipation for a good time. Ladies booze drugs money hell, any and everything goes. I just hope tonight I got the motivation to fulfill the missing link. Or at least what I felt was missing in my songs. I had everything in life, yet my music was still lacking. It's as if being broke gave me the best material to top the charts. Don't get me wrong, your boy was still producing number one hits, I just didn't like half of the shit the world thought was amazing. Bandhoppers, bandwagoners, whatever you wanted to call them, were my revenue fans. They brought in the most money, because they were trend followers not setters. I didn't mind it, but I wanted to give the fans who've been on board, a token of my appreciation. I read a couple tweets that got me in my feelings. I guess my day one see me as yet another artist who went platinum and decided to go mainstream. It sounds nice to finally be big, but when you get this far and high, you have to maintain the same sound that's brought you to that point. Those tweets were basically confirming my worst fear. Some of my fans believed my success had sucked up my true essence. The oomph that made me the regal. About time you made it back. Rich greeted me with a slap of our hands, pulled into a half-embracing hug. I told Damien I was on my way, I chuckled, closing the door to my deluxe penthouse in the sky. This was another accomplishment of mine that I was proud of. I finally had a place in the Big Apple. I've always wanted to be in this city and here I was. I have houses in Montreal, Toronto, Los Angeles and Jamaica, but Manhattan was, by far, one of my favorite places to be. The city did wonders to ya, if you had the cash to make your dreams come true. Hurry up and get dressed, it's already midnight nigga. You fucking up the jam, Dorian shook his head at me, as he took the yak to the head. No need for a response. I knew they couldn't function properly without me, so I showered, made sure my hygiene was perfect, and got dressed. Nothing too fancy, just simple and clean. Red polo, mid-sleeve shirt, true religion light wash, denim jeans and red Timberland boots. I had on my gold presidential Rolex, 18 karat small hoop earrings, and two 3-inch, 18 karat gold herringbone chains. I took a look at myself in the full-length mirror, and flashed my million-dollar smile that drove every woman mad. I know I'm that nigga, but I was about to fuck the scene up tonight. I haven't had sex in a couple weeks, busy in the studio trying to release my next album, but that would all change after tonight. Somebody's girl was coming to the telly with Regal tonight. About time, pretty boy, Damien grinned, as he opened the door and walked out. Everyone in my house followed suit, stomping loudly just to piss me off, because I was real anal about being considerate to those living underneath me. Yeah, the walls were built to withstand the test of sound, but it was the thought that counts. Opting to ignore these hooligans before me, I made sure the alarm was set, and my front door was locked. I probably would end up sleeping at the Trump anyway. Never one to reveal my address to no bitch. I didn't wanna risk her trying to show up and play that desperate girl role on me. Shit, you can ball your eyes out all you want in front of a public hotel, and be escorted off the premises. Not my problem. What I am about to do, is party until my legs collapse drinks on me bottles too all this money in my pocket can't go to waste and i'm feeling myself got my brothers with me niggas too Forty forty is packed with the finest women new york has to offer which one wants a night with a nigga like me regal here regal here come here with regal here chapter three after sitting through excruciating lectures reciting papers and being called out on numerous occasions poop wasn't even the word I got home, slept for two hours, and was now in the kitchen cooking up some grub. My stomach was running on leftover orange fumes and herbal tea I'd snuck from Starbucks. I've never gone this long without eating and now I'm paying for it. Grilled cheese dipped in ketchup would have to suffice. I better make it too, a bag of popcorn and a glass of chardonnay. Classy at its finest, haha. I'm not trying to impress anybody with my cooking skills, just need some nourishment. As I plated my last sandwich, I heard the lock click. That meant Harper was home. I cut both sandwiches diagonally and wasted no time dunking them into ketchup and stuffing my face. This was the best grilled cheese I'd ever made. Hunger played a huge part in my decision, but good nonetheless. Damn Goldie, you're famished, huh? Harper threw her keys on the countertop and reached for a slice. I giggled, while slapping her hand away. Nah, you wanna eat grilled cheese, make your own. Oh, okay, I see how we doing it. She didn't have to hear me tell her no, my facial expression spoke volumes. I chowed down, while listening to Harper's Day. She always had something going on in her world. Interesting and dramatic. From boyfriends to ex-best friends and even a little celeb news. Harper Nate was full of trends, surprises and the happening. Ever since posting a roommate opening in the common gardens, I had Harper in mind as a potential roomie. Having met her in my communications class, she intrigued me, due to her lively personality. A month later, the ad was taken down, and Harper and I have never been better. I was glad that I decided to move out of my comfort zone, and allow somebody from school to stay with me. I wasn't lacking in the capital department, but I did need to become more sociable. A part of the career path i've chosen for myself i needed to make friends and be able to blend in different environments and groups of people that is if i planned on being successful which i most definitely did hey get dressed we're going to 40 40 harper snapped me out of train of thoughts say what now you heard me hermit get that ass in something spectacular and be by the door in an hour she didn't leave me any room to negate a damn thing she said Harper sashayed out of the kitchen and into her room, closing the door behind her. Now I didn't have a choice but to comply. Even if all I wanted to do was lie back down and finish season 3 of American Horror Story. Damn here's to yet another Friday night, I didn't have to myself. I dragged my feet all the way into the shower. I needed some steam anyway. Wash my lower back length hair, before lathering up the rest of my body stepping out i grabbed my sesame oil and moisturized my clean skin i was feeling fresh and smelling better blow drying and straightening my hair applying eyeliner mascara and chapstick yes chapstick ha 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 i finally put together whatever masterpiece i was going for and harper had asked of me i walked into my closet and pondered on what i should wear Forty wasn't upscale but it wasn't one of those local juke joints in your old neighborhood I needed a dress that hugged all the right curves, but classy enough to embody who I was as a person. I didn't wanna scream slept easy or open for business. That's when I spotted a white bodycon bandage mini dress. It was perfect, showing only my legs and a cutout of my lower back above my ass, dipping just enough to see my back dimples. I was on a roll with this white after labor day, but I wasn't really one to follow trends. I was more comfortable doing what worked for me. Slipping into my dress, I sprayed on my favorite fragrance, Clinique Happy. Once under each armpit, in every crook in my arm, both sides of my neck, and underneath my dress. Not that I've ever had any unusual feminine odor problems to mask, but it didn't hurt to smell even better. Golden, please tell me you're ready? I'm heading out the door right now. I yelled, as I saw Harper skipping behind me. I locked up and we hopped into her PT crew.